Oh, he he has his shirt. I didn't get mine yet. Yep. Well, too, you live yeah. further away. Apparently, we know yeah, who you, Greg's you, favorite is. <laughs> well, Jack got his too. They, they I did. Closer to, so you, so we know who Greg's least favorite is. <laughs> right? I think that's exactly it. <laughs> Have a quarter million on me right now Hard to make a song about something other than the money Two things I'm about to talk and blunt and stay in blunt and pretty women, are you here? Are you here right now, huh? We should all disappear right now Look, you're getting all your friends and you're getting in the car And you're coming to the house, are we clear right now, huh? You see the fleet, all the new things Cop cars with the loose chains All white like a moot things Niggas see me rolling and they mood change Like a motherfucker New floor, I got a dozen of them I don't trust you, you are undercover I could probably make some steps since fuck each other Woo! Talking fillets with the trouble butter Fresh sheets and towels, man, she gotta love it Yeah, they all get what they desire from it What? Tell them niggas we ain't hiding from it Welcome to Atlas Bach, the weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 42, entitled General Soreness. Welcome, Bacher Nation. This is Dad Bod Tim, and sure happy you're listening to this podcast. We're recording it on Father's Day right now, so this should be a fun, fun night. Loki, it's great to see you. How are you doing? Doing well. Wonderful. You're very sparkly right now. Swag, what's happening? What's happening, fellas? Doing good. GK, welcome back. Glad you could show up this time. Thank you, guys. It's good to be in a uh, safe, non-traffic environment. Glad to have you back. Good to be back. All right, let's do a quick rundown of the games, and then we can take a look at the standings. 47 Ronin and Omission Commission. The curse is back around Scotty's neck. Omission Commission scores the third most and loses. (laughs) They are really in a tough tailspin right now. Philadelphia Experiment 2 beats the Funkin' Punks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good game. A lot of drama. It was certainly happening at the lower end of the points for the week. But yeah, nonetheless, still a win. Still a win. Keeping my hopes alive. That's right. That's it. Reardon Metal humbly knocks out Mr. Blonde's Heroes once again. Puts up some good solid points. Mr. Blonde's Heroes does not. I had a chance at, at one of the lower scores I've seen in a while, but uh, but Thames decided that he was going to let that happen. You had a pretty good day today overall, so that uh, I take that back what I uh, what I said earlier today. Oh, I was hoping I was going to make history. <laughs> the season's still young. We got Lethal Injection. Uh, lethal Injection beating. Uh, be- <laughs> La, 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 la. We have three, le- <laughs> two, one. We have Lethal Injection beating the crap out of St. Locash pretty solidly, and Lethal Injection is now very much in play. We were talking about it, and I think we need to pay attention now. I think we really do. And St. Locash, it's going to be interesting to hear about the Jack and Chris brothers communication and what kind of brother-brother bullshit farm system is going on there um, as St. Locash tries to salvage what's left of their season. And then the Dreamers crush the street people. 
You know, I really just think that the best game of the week was Philadelphia Experiment and the Funkin' Punks. Sure enough, I, I think all the favorites won, and, and the more favored you were, the the more you kicked the shit out of the underdog this week. So not a whole lot of surprises this week. Not a whole lot of surprises, but boy, it's so, so good seeing that pipe Harper curse on somebody else and just watching it from afar. I, I actually wish I could have, I could feel some sympathy I could that I could draw up some some sadness for Scotty, but I just can't. Do we, do we have everybody on? I just see. I actually see myself. I see the strangest okay. thing. I, it's like I'm looking at somebody's. Um, it's Joe's. That's desktop. Joe's. Yeah, that's Joe's desktop. Well, why is Joe's desktop showing up on my computer? That's what I want to know. He's on presentation mode. What is nakeddonkeys.com? <laughs> More, more alarmingly, what is clotheddonkeys.com? <laughs> I don't want to see his screen. Joe, can you hear us? It's like Tron. He's inside <laughs> Skype. He's inside go. Skype now. Listeners, before we start, began broadcasting, we, we were uh, commenting to Joe that there was a, a weird LED-type light effect illuminating his face. Uh, and it led to a conversation about Tron, and now Joe seemingly is missing. And I can only conclude that he's inside Skype now, in the Skype mainframe. Joe, navigate your way to uh, Scarlett Johansson's Skype. Right. Joe, if you're in there, trade me Stanton. Oh, wait, there's Joe. Oh, there he is. Joe, I'd rather see your your head aglow than than you like navigating around your uh, your page all day, or not. <laughs> this is no, oh, we've lost this us. Anyway, twi- this is twice in a month for two different reasons. Yeah. Very strange. In general, or yeah, no, yeah, no, not, no, very specifically, <laughs> not in general, very specifically. I did want to, this really did distract me because when we were talking about the curse being back on and okay. real, yeah, I wanted to uh, mention the article that I texted you guys, which you know, it's just further evidence that people are listening to this podcast because it seems like whenever we cover a topic. Uh, it seems to be reflected in actual popular culture that very same week. And so we saw an article on, on CBSSports.com about an unnamed National League GM who basically said the same thing that we've been saying, that Harper is cursed. He didn't use the word cursed, but what he said was, um, you know, he's certainly overrated. He doesn't deserve uh, the talk of a $400 million contract and that he's most damningly not a winning player. And I would agree with that. Yeah, but then the uh, I thought the CBS writer did a pretty good, pretty objective coverage of it. Of course, the Nationals GM Rizzo said that whoever, whatever unnamed GM said that stuff was cowardly, which I agree. If you're going to say that kind of shit, be like, us and just put your name out there behind it then the writer correctly pointed out that i mean harper's made the playoffs every year that he's been in the big league has he not or or no no maybe not they made the playoffs but they've had a winning record every year that he's been up as a matter of fact the dodgers have a 571 winning percentage uh during the time that bryce harper has been a, a national the nationals have a 570 winning percentage the second best in baseball or at least in the national league since he's been on the team so i you know they win and and they get 
they've gotten further with him each year than they had prior, but they do tend to hit a uh, a speed bump each year. Is Mike Trout not I, a winning player? Yeah, no, I, I think winning or losing is definitely the wrong verbiage to discuss. I, I, I think they, you know, they were talking some about his attitude in general, his clubhouse, yeah. dinner, so on oh, and yeah. so forth, those things. Again, you can be a dick and win. Barry Bonds did it. I do think you can be the most talented person in the world and be a total asshole. You can disrupt team chemistry if, if you're not a team player. And if you're number one, if your star feels as if he's somehow above other players, then at that point, the other players are going to say, fuck this shit. Take him off of that team and, and they would have been anywhere near the success that they've had as a as an organization over those years i would say that there's there there is a lot of people and and this could be driven by his agent that seem to come up with excuses for bryce harper yeah the guy's talented he's only played one season where he's played more than 150 games it's just arguing stupid shit at the wrong time uh, i watched him for a lot of years because he's on my team i think he's a fucking dick and that's just from a a, a distance but when I see someone else write that, someone from inside the machine, then my thinking is is that that's the, that's the take on him, that other teams don't like him, but I don't think his own team likes him. The groundwork was laid. He, he was he was a, a prodigy at a young age. They propped him up. They propped you know, him up. Again, I don't hang out with him personally. I, just in general, everyone knew who he was. As oh, a yeah, team. because he's good. Right, right. No, that's what I'm saying. So so he was risen above and beyond his peers for, you know, from a young age and, and essentially stayed there. The probability that he turns into a dick is pretty high. Again, I don't hang out with him on a daily basis, but the the situations and opportunities that I have had to catch to decide myself from the limited information I have, he, he does seem like kind of a dick. So he's a prima donna, not a losing, not a not winning player. He's a prima donna. When's the last time you heard of him changing the course of, of an important game, having having a great at bat in a key moment in a series? When's the last time you read an article about this guy, about how good of a guy he is or how much his teammates like him? I mean, there's there's just just a little something there that tells me when you look at Mike Trout, Mike Trout has not had half the team around him that the Nationals have had for the last seven years. And as an NL East, um, a fan of an NL East team, Jack, I mean, that pitching staff that they have had for the last five years, the amount of offensive power that they've had. That team should have gone way farther. And when you look well, at the I'm, Dodgers with their winning percentage, it's just a tick above, but they've been to the World Series. Way farther might be a I mean, they've been to the championship multiple times, right? They're the Buffalo Bills at the moment of the, uh, or almost, of the uh, of the National League anyway. I think they've, they've made the championship but lost it. Um, multiple times with him, correct? See, if we're going to like compare and contrast, I mean, guys, you know, I don't give two shits about Bryce Harper or the Nationals, but uh. just for the sake of argument, if we're going to compare and contrast the Dodgers and the Nationals and, and talk about Bryce being the non-winning X factor in this situation, you know, I, I'd make the argument that the more likely comparison is is Strasburg. The Dodgers had Kershaw uh, leading that pitching staff in the, in the Nationals. If any, like, phenom on the Nationals team overall is a non-winning player disappointed, I'd say it's Strasburg. I don't think it's about the team's outcome necessarily. What I think is, is that that he's not well-liked outside the clubhouse and he's not well-liked inside the clubhouse. And yes, baseball absolutely is a 25-person team-man game. I get I get what you're saying, Greg. I think I get what you're saying. But if you have a guy that's, that's it's all about himself, uh, typically your teams are going to underperform. It's those selfless teams that 
you know, everybody knows their role, everybody's bought in, everybody's committed that seem to be able to take it all the way. So that brings me back to my question. It's hard. I, I just have a hard time saying that Washington is underperforming. They're almost there. And in my opinion, again, in order to be underperforming, that means you take him off that team and, and the rest of the team is able to get to that series. I, I just don't see that happening again. Yeah, I, I don't either. They're not bad. They're, I mean, they got again a great staff. They have some solid hitters. I'm not saying that they, you know they're a decent young team, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Tim. I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I just think that his physical ability may outweigh the dickness in this particular situation, and and I still would probably sign him. I agree with this unnamed GM or with you, Tim. And I could go along with the he's a dick. He's not a character guy. He's not a leader in the clubhouse. But to say that he's a non-winning player, he's not a winning player, that seems harsh. Like, even if he was, like, if he'd been, if he was working on a $40 million a year salary and that this was his performance, even then I could say, okay, you know, he's a burden to his team, but he's not making an outrageous amount of money for his production. Uh, The team is pretty good. And I look at, like, the Jeff Kents of the world or the A.J. Pruszynski's of the world who nobody liked uh, seemingly on either side of the, of the, the park, you know, the, his home, Przinsky wasn't liked by his own teammates. Jeff Kent, you know, wasn't Barry Bonds. They weren't liked by their own teammates, but they were never, I never heard them referred to as not winning players. That seems like a personal shot, you know, or, or maybe the GM misspoke, you know, or maybe he's a pussy and didn't want to say, He's a bad dude, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. I think it was just a again a bad choice of, of words. And 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 if he meant what he said, then I'd be interested again in, in, in here because again, I mean, how many how many players are there in baseball? How many there's thirty some teams? There's you know, so one team wins every year. Does that make everyone else in baseball a non winning player? Like what is your definition? The guy, again, his team has won more games than any other team while he's been on it. Prior yeah. to coming to the major leagues, I, I I think he's won everything he's ever participated in prior to the majors, I believe. Um, so uh, you know, again, I, I just think it's a bad. And yeah, I just it's a GM being a dick. It, I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, he's yeah he's, he's a not dick. a four. He's I can cancer. see not being a four hundred million dollar player. You know, would I rather have Nolan Arenado or or Harper? No, I get it, but I'm just that's a harsh uh, label to put on a young athlete. Uh, who That's may not winning. be the most, yeah, who may not be the most mature person in the world, but that is a fucking harsh label to put on somebody. So let's game theory this out. Why would someone say that? Number one, get that out there, affirm the fact that he's not a good clubhouse player, and knock that fucking price down, right? Because maybe, maybe this yeah, was the, maybe this was made by the, the guy, guy who wants, wants to sign him, right, right? And and is saying, you know, knock that Gabe price Kapler. down. <laughs> it's Cape <Gabe laughs> Kapler out there, right? Exactly. Well, you, you, that. That's possible, but that man, that's that's harsh. That's a, I mean, it's one thing to say somebody's not worth something, but to label him in some like kind of subjective way that can never really be disproved or proved until he wins the World Series as a part of a team sport. That that's a that man that is fucking with somebody in a really unfair way. I think if you look at self interest, I think that this was an opposing GM who's trying to knock the price down and Rizzo. Sure was like, thank you very much, because not only did you knock the price down, but now I get to look like the good guy. 
Well, I don't think he's not priced down. I do, man. I mean, I to know. invest $400 million in a player that it doesn't come off as warm, let's just say that. This is a franchise-defining moment. Yeah. I'm going to spend almost half a billion dollars on one human being. He's 25, guys. Yeah, somebody's going to pay it. Like, somebody's going to pay it. Like, he's got seven years' experience, and he's fucking 25. Uh, like, again, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about, is this, uh, again, we're, it's a big-ass price tag, and I understand that, but we're talking about a guy that, you know, has hit 42 home runs that, that you know, every year is, is, you know, in at least in fantasy towards the top, whether he plays all the games or not. This year is, is I mean, he's having a, a shitty year. He's batting 220. And um, and he's on pace for 45 home runs, uh, 103 RBIs, uh, 123 wide, 220 average. He's uh, on base is 360. Hey, I got this 25 year old kid. He's going to hit 45 home runs this year and fucking have a 360 on base. Uh, you want to take a chance on him again? I, I understand we're talking about fucking hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's 25. Uh, by rule, he's still a, a couple years away from from peak. I mean, this guy. What if he goes out and wins the World Series two out of the next three wow. years? Then what? Yeah, in in four or five years, if let's say he gets a 10 year, 400 million dollar contract, in four or five years, you know, he's not even going to be the uh, top player, payer, top paid player in baseball. Right, right. It's going to be Vlad Jr. Oh. <laughs> Vladito can get back on the field with his weak knees. Oh, I hope so. oh shit! Here it comes. He's going to start comparing him to Soto. We can compare him to Soto if you want. <laughs> Who's speaking of nineteen-year-olds in the major leagues? It's amazing. Like, think about what Eloy Jimenez was doing in Low A at nineteen. <laughs> you know, that's just—it's just crazy, right? Soto at nineteen, right? Two years younger than Aloy Jimenez, and Crazy. yeah, had a two homer game in in Yankees Park. Soto's pretty good. Soto's fucking awesome. He's very, good. He's very, very good. good. He's, He's very definitely good. surprising me for sure. You know, that's a winning player right there, guys. And uh, you know, hey, you know what? If I'm a GM, and, and Jack, you're the only one that's been a GM and and gotten paid for it, <laughs> but in in my opinion. You know, this is a guy that it is so easy to pass. It is so easy to pass at four hundred million because there are a thousand ways for it to go wrong and only one way for it to go right. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I could see making the argument that he's not worth that. Again, I, I know right. we're mincing words here. I could see them saying he's not worth forty, but then, you know, the, the economics and baseball are fucked, you know. But I mean again, it just seems harsh to to label a, a kid who's been a good player at a very young age, uh, a non-winning player. I could see him like be, being labeled immature, not a leader yet. I mean, he's he's a young guy, you know. Uh, right. But to say he's a non-winning player, that's harsh. I think. Um, let's run through the um, division standings in the McGuire division. The Dreamers, number one spot, nine and two. Ronan in second place at eight and three, and Bad Street. Uh, loses again, so therefore they are at two and nine in the bonds division. Saint Low Cash leading the way with their five and six record. Blondie comes back. Um, la, 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 la. No, they don't. Blondie does not come back uh, this week <laughs> and actually has uh, a three and eight record, and they are now tied for the <laughs> Funkin' Punks at three and eight. Everyone loses in the bonds. Yes. How's that mid-ball win by losing strategy? It's working out. Like Um, the Astros. 
the Griffey division. Now, this one is an interesting division. We've got Ridden Metal at nine and two, just two games behind him in the win column. Lethal Injection at seven and four. Scotty, you know, Mission Commission. You know, guys, I don't know. Is he? Yeah, is his head underwater at this point? I mean, in the immortal n- words of Nerd, you don't succeed because you hesitate. And then Philadelphia Experiment is the best of the worst at four and seven. For all of those that couldn't see us, since this is an audio podcast, Jack just showed his tremendous bicep to the camera. I am so you said it yourself, right? The best of the worst. So there, there's the four teams we've been talking about at the bottom since we all suck, me and Greg, and it's more fun to talk about us than you guys. I win, everyone else loses. Thank we've, you, Jack. We've talked. No problem. We've talked a little bit about the uh, the power rankings. We've talked about the bots, and uh, and I'd like to dig just a little bit deeper, right, real quick into that. <clears throat> so first of all, again, this is really I, I going deep in the week. shit pile, isn't it? <laughs> I, <laughs> Let's dig I went, into well, what this big honking pile of trash. Of these well, no, teams. no, 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 no. I, well, okay. there is a little fun. <laughs> people. But seriously, so if you go to the We're standings, real people. and you go over here, it says power ranking, right? You guys oh, see that, yes. correct? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll break down power ranking. And then this fucking thing that they email us each week, what's that called? The fucking power ranking. Yes. So why do they call it the same fucking thing if the, everything's different? Like one of them is, is statistically correct based on the, the numbers in our league. The other is jaded by bots. And for some reason, they call it to say at least fucking name it something differently. <laughs> I win, and in the fucking bots power rankings <laughs> report, I drop three spots past the punks, past Bad Street, and past fucking Blondie to 10th fucking place. I'm in last fucking place in the bots fucking thing. And uh, and unfortunately, Greg, in the other one, you have now tied Mike's dad and, and are tied for last place in the, uh, in the official power rankings. So... Neither of us looking very good at this point, but uh, still keeping our head above water from the the two other shitty teams. Well, yeah, okay, and now, it's not now, the end doubles. It's not uh, college football here, so these rankings, you know, hurtful as they might be, uh, don't really mean anything. It's all the standing. I'm still in my division race. I think in in college football, when you're down at the bottom, they don't mean anything either. So exactly. Okay, you can talk about the playoffs now. Sorry. No, that's okay. I um, I actually, it's pretty interesting. We'll see how this shakes out for after this week. Um, I think it'll be interesting. My guess is Mr. Blonde's Heroes is back down at the bottom, and some snide remark from the bots. That would be my <laughs> guess. We'll we'll know on two. What do they come out Tuesday? They can't right? hurt me. They can't hurt me. <laughs> I'm titanium. They did. They did take a, uh, the opportunity, even though they moved me below Greg, they still pointed out that he's at the bottom of the I Bonds know, division. I, know, I noticed that, too. And you're at the bottom of the Griffey division, but they don't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, they leave that one alone. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my gosh. And he can't. They, he the can... bots protest too much. They're jealous of me. They see my strategy and they know it's going to work. So they're getting their shots in while they can. <laughs> so I, w- I, I would like to say that I, I, I did win this week, but this is how bad some of the teams are in our league at the moment. 
is um, I had the lowest score, of course, of any winning team. And I was playing LJ, who, again, depending on who you're asking, bots is worse than me. <laughs> um, but I, I won <laughs> with um, Posey getting shut down before the weekend. Uh, uh, Jose Martinez leaving halfway through the week for fucking uh, childbirth. And my fucking third baseman got sent to the fucking minors, Miguel Sano. <laughs> <laughs> I literally couldn't fucking replace any of these guys. And I'm just sitting here watching it going, okay, well, granted, I'm supposed to be losing to, or winning by losing, but I, I actually see it and would do something about it and can't and still won. So, LJ, that does not bode well for the rest of your season, sir. Oh, I forgot to mention that CJ Cron was fucking 0 for 14 for the week. <laughs> but there's always next week, right, fellas? That's right. So now let's go get some more alcohol and talk some more about uh, a fake game. Yeah, let's do it. You up like Allen Ivy, what? it's Allen Iverson, Versace rim with lemon tint, Both. the lime beans, candy coated with the applesauce, the apple blossom on the beach, David Hasselhoff, what? Hasselman, I'm Tim McGraw, I don't pass the ball, no. bow hog, fourth quarter, shoot the lights off, Jump. fast break, three on one, I'll tear the basket off, get off, how shit look who it is, the white Wesley Snipes, nice, nice, Rocky nice. Byzantine, my attitude is Charlie Sheen, Walk around with more rice on me than a triple beam. Right. Dimension three story living room with trampoline. What? Me costing so big it took the major whole with the clean. We, I don't like to drive Versace jeans and limousine. limousine. I can freestyle to a dolphin in a tambourine. The snow abominable laughing inside my golden vault. Go. The candy copper helicopter when I'm playing golf. Oh. Welcome back, bots. We had an interesting thing go on. We found out that Chris made a trade in the league. I know you're all wondering who he made a trade with, and yes, you're absolutely right. It was Swag, his brother, the only person he trades with. So when we talk about a brother-brother bullshit farm system, I think we have one right here. And so I wanted to talk to Jack about that. He seemed eager to talk about how Chris initiated the talk and put a professional proposal together and... This sounds like more <laughs> bullshit to me, Jack. I don't know. Um, and I don't know if Chris has looked at the results of his last trade, but it's not looking too good. So what kind of floopy do you have on him? First of all, Boston would be giving him zero points this year from last year's trade. So Just like the other two guys he got. <laughs> <laughs> and and they, the schlep you were offering him. Um, anyway, yeah. back to... <laughs> he, he's clearly um, emboldened by... Uh, by having I, me and LJ in the division with him. Like Chris is like, you know, I can win this division. Okay, so why don't you take us inside this this move? Because I think there's some things there's some really interesting things going on here. We're not talking about fucking Goldschmidt and, and Harper here, okay? First of all, it, 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 there was a trade, but it, uh, you know, it wasn't uh, top-tier talent by any means. You mean what you sent him? 
I had mentioned last week on the podcast, uh, we, we had talked about that division and Greg versus Chris and, and, you know, whether Greg should go all in and, and put and and I had kind of said that I didn't think either of them should go all in. However, it, you know, I've had a, a couple of conversations with Chris here and there. He's my brother. We talk. And in those conversations, I, I yeah, absolutely. I was like, dude, you're fucking, re- you're an idiot not to assume that you're going to be in the playoffs. If, if you know, uh, whether or not, you want to sacrifice, you know, your future for a run. Um, you'd be dumb to not assume. No offense to Greg and and LJ, but when Vlad, when it became clear Vlad was not going to get called up this year, in yeah. Senzel, there are no itch and hurry to bring him up. Two guys tearing up their respective uh, minor league uh, leagues. I mean, that would have been going on for me. I was hoping that one or two or three of my elite prospects would come up and make an impact, but it's not going to happen. Well, yeah. And, and then, and you need to get them up and then they need That's to make I mean. an impact. Right, and right. then that needs to be in. I mean, again, the probability here is let's just, you know, so the point being again, you know, should he go all in? No, but should he try to improve on a couple of spots if he could? Yeah, absolutely. So we had those talks, nothing happened as usual with Chris. It, it seemed as if he again started thinking more about his guys than, than the, the guys that are coming. I said, all right, well, listen, I, I you know, I got Posey, uh, I got Hanager who, who is, you know, come on. And I, you know, I started talking about Hanager a little bit. I know he's not as well known as some of the guys out there. So nothing happened and we, you know, shut down whatever. And then all of a sudden a day or two later, I got an offer from Chris. I was like, holy shit, look at that. Yeah. And now um, I'm fascinated here. Let's let, let's let the listeners enjoy this because they all know that Chris is the namer of the buddy, buddy bullshit farm system in yeah. the controversy earlier this year. So you had that conversation with your brother, Chris, about going all in. And then you say now an offer came. My curiosity is, did he like text it to you or call you? Or did he no. submit it formally through the system? Formally through the system with no <laughs> other communication. No, <laughs> no text, no phone call to a company. And I ignored it. So I did not respond in any way, shape, or form. I, I didn't turn it down. Um, I didn't call him back. I didn't text him. I ignored it. Um, it was. It started with Jay Bruce and uh, Peraza. <laughs> like any great trade, right? starts right, with Jay exactly. Bruce. Bruce Peraza and Schwarber was who he's offering anyone at Hanager. Um, so I, you know, obviously went back and started doing his homework on Hanager and saw the the potential, saw that it could help him out in the outfield. Again, Jay Bruce, you know, I, I Peraza doesn't really do a lot for. Him. I know he's young, but uh, Bruce zero fucking interest. Uh, Schwarber, I, you know, there's some interest there. He's still 25 and yeah. definitely has some power. I, you know, I see him as an all or nothing guy. I think he's either going to be valuable in a couple of years in fantasy or worthless, quite honestly, but definitely a, 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 a winning player. <laughs> well, valuable or worthless right. is, is perfect for my team right now. So then you can trade him back to Chris. He's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> So again, piqued my interest, but but Bruce wasn't enough. I, you know, I just it, I couldn't justify that trade. And, and you know, Hanager's twenty seven. It's not like he's thirty five. Uh, uh, you know, he could be good for me next year, the year after, and so on. He's a late bloomer, though, isn't he? He is. Yeah, yeah. He just started coming on last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. The numbers have gone up. Everything points to this being real. Kind of like Tommy Pham, but but not as late. Mm-hmm. Uh, point Pham. Yep. A couple of days later, again, no communication between us. And, and me and my brother really don't communicate a whole lot. We actually went to a concert this past weekend, but we really Sad don't. Sad separate areas. 
We don't, <laughs> we don't talk like, on, on a regular basis. We just weren't that kind of family coming up. We talk, but not. So anyway, another deal comes across. And this one, Bruce is gone, which was good. And uh, so it was Polanco, uh, oh. Peraza, and Schwarber. And, and again, I'm like, you know, like I need two 25-year-olds that, you know, are underperforming. And But then shortly after, the phone rang, and it was him. And uh, and he started talking about other stuff. I didn't just call up and say, hey, did you see that trade? He started talking about this and that and so on and so forth to the point where I was like, is he, is he like trying not to talk about the trade? Like he hadn't brought it up the whole time. And, and it wasn't Ooh. that long ago that he sent the second one over. So finally I was like, hey, man, by the way, I fucking hate Jay Bruce. And Peraza does nothing for me. So I said, honestly, I, you know, I have a little bit of interest in these other guys, the 25-year-olds that are underperforming. Uh, you know, I definitely have some room for that on my team. So we can talk, but, you know, Bruce and, and Peraza won't get it done. You know, then we started Polanco a little bit, this, that, the other. And then all of a sudden, Buxton came up along the lines of guys that are underperforming and have the ability two years from now. Like like could be, yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. You know, worthless now. He's fucking brittle as shit. The guy can't stay on the field. I understand all the, the negatives, but... So he was, point, a, he was an overall number one prospect just two yeah. or three years ago. Yeah. The discussion was Polanco and Buxton for Hanager. And I couldn't do that, Tim. And you know why? Because <laughs> God forbid those two guys become the superstar <laughs> studs, the two guys that he got from Tim for Harper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since the Harper trade, I said, I can't do it. I'm not taking both of them. So um, <laughs> so <laughs> we went back and forth a little bit. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, it Schwarber. And if you'll do Buxton and Schwarber, uh, I'll take a chance on both those guys. I, I, you know, I see the possibility of both of them being better than Hanager in two years, which is when they'll be 27. Or, or like I said, they're going to both fucking crash and burn. They'll be worthless in a couple of years. But again, it's Mitch Hanager. It's not Paul Goldschmidt. The, the guy's solid, but he did come kind of out of nowhere in the last couple of years. So, and then I had to give him another player. So that's where he got Sinsu Chu out of the deal. So, which again, solid bat, by the way, probably better than most of the outfielders he's been using this year statistically. That's how it happened. That's the deal. Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't know Chris at all, really, but uh, just that the story, the description of it, it's, it's like, you know, Chris is going to go all in and his research is limited to just you, Jack, because like, <laughs> yeah, you're the only person he's willing to trade with. You know, like, like he, he's, he's not so, going to go all it, in. He was he's not like, going to go all in. Well, no, like that, he's raging against the machine though. You know, yeah. so he, he doesn't want to trade with any of the, you know, inner sanctum of the buddy, buddy bullshit farm team. So he's not going to go to Tim or to Joe or to me or to Ellen or to Scott. Cause listen, we're like, and I know you don't know this evil empire. You know, <laughs> I know you're not part of the, the new BB buddy, buddy, farm system, <laughs> the, the, bro um, the brother, brother farm. Brother, bullshit brother. Farm <laughs> exactly. So, based on my map, you wouldn't know this cause there's lack of communication <laughs> between some, some right. owners, Tim would know that, that my brother, yeah, he's just not the kind of guy that, that goes out and just researches and goes after every now and then something will happen to give him a, a, a spark to want to do something. But most of the time he needs to be coerced and, and, and talked into oh. and explained. So, uh, you know, if you had a Mitch Hanager on your team that was 27 and doing what he was doing, you'd still have to point it out to Chris 
and point out the fact that it might benefit him and that you might be interested in some of the guys that he's ready to give up on and so on and so forth. So in that aspect, yes, there, there is a an advantage, again, um, between me and him, just like the same advantage, again, if, if Eldon was going to start un- offloading people, the chances of him letting LJ know first is, is probably not all that high. That said, um, I, I know Tim had pointed out Eldon had asked for, for Mike's phone number, and, and my understanding is Eldon did actually make Mike an offer this week. So Did um, Mike respond to it? I don't know. Well, it's interesting because, you know, it, it's not because we're colluding, but there is some truth to the fact that the, the trades aren't flowing for some people. You know, <laughs> Eldon texted me this week. And we were talking about some potential trades, uh, nothing that would benefit either of us, though. He did say, and I, I had a Sounds twinge. like a great deal for both of you. Well, he wanted Suarez. <laughs> he wanted Suarez. And I was like, yeah, you know, he's too young and he's good. He's like my only good player this year. And he's young, you know, him and Mazzara. But um, Lowry. Yeah, he's <laughs> but uh hey, you know what? I had a twinge of sadness for Eldon because he was like, I I do want to tell you thanks a lot for at least engaging in trade discussion. Because <laughs> he was like, I can't get anybody else to even discuss trades with me. <laughs> I wish everybody would potentially trade with everybody. It makes it yeah. a lot more fun. I agree. The other thing is my brother trusts no fucking buddy. Like, like he expects me to fucking rob him. So he. I mean, it's fantasy baseball. I mean, we're, we're not talking about like. Uh, no, no, no. You know, I know, but still, I, I talking about the guy that traded the guy that everyone talks about all the time, whether they like him or not. But, so, it's, but again, there's no tr- there's no trust involved. It's an objective evaluation on each of our parts about the value right. or players. Just, so there's no his, trust there. Well, it, it's internal. It, 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 he doesn't trust his own knowledge versus yours. If you say, if you just call him up out of the blue and say, "Hey, let me get Joey Gallo," immediately in his head, he's like, "All right, something fucking." What did I know Joey about Gallo? Gallo? I'm not yeah. aware of. This guy knows what's going on with Joey Gallo. Uh, I gotta, so he doesn't it, trust his knowledge. It's not that he doesn't trust his, us. Yeah, essentially, yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He doesn't trust Tim, but outside of that, he doesn't <laughs> trust his knowledge. Damn. Even when I give him good offers, he doesn't take them from me anymore. So because right, he didn't trust you. <laughs> well, boys, I think it's a good time right now to take a break. Go ahead and refresh our drinks, and we'll be right back. One night in town, my niggas round, throwing money. Them bitches hit the ground, then bring it back up. She bring it back up, put them in that black truck. So many hoes they lapped up. My niggas leaning. Diddy bopping, let's get it popping. I said let's get it popping. Just look at how she drop it. Little mama certified pro, she need her own show. Sliding down that pole and grind slow. Hell no, I ain't count my dough. I came to blow it all and get some brains trying to find Miss Know It All. And I got my cup filled. You see how them bucks peel, young pimp. See, I grab me up a chicken just in the back of the club with a stack full of dough. Drop it low like a pro. Bring it back. That's what's up, all my dogs up in here, plus his hoes everywhere. Nigga stunt like you don't care. Throw that money in the air and say yeah. Throw that money in one hand and say yeah. Throw that money in the air and say yeah. Throw that money Welcome back, boys. Good to see you. And uh, it was funny. We were just talking to Greg, and we we're going to have a big announcement next week. So be sure to listen so you can hear who's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks. I am pretty, pretty excited, and I hope you are too. 
And while you're listening to that big announcement, I'm super excited because next week we're going to have the pseudo scout on. I know he's a fan favorite. We're going to talk about the um, what the farm system's looking like. Maybe get an update on his fantasy league as a as an avid bocker. We'll see how well he's doing with all the advice that we're able to dispense and all the knowledge we seem to have. It's going to be our first podcast crossover. We've had a sports announcer, right? So we had Xander. We have a pseudo scout who measures the alkaline levels of players' uh, sweat, I think, <laughs> is, uh, and reads Swing Plane magazine, right? That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, And he's tearing up his uh, co-ed church softball league, too. And we've had spreadsheet guy on in Scotty. The midball wizard. That's right. We had Courtney, the Atlas Bacht HR professional, on that fateful night a couple of weeks ago. Did we have a mascot on once? No. No, not yet. Oh, we've had uh, we've had Chris on. We've had Mikey on. Well, we've had every owner except Pops, Pops. and Eldon, right? Um, we, had, we had LJ on? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. LJ talked about uh, uh, Jack running running third grade. <laughs> in, Ju- in Jupiter, Florida, we get that Greg guy on every two or three weeks. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. oh my God, Joe's awake! Hey, Joe, he's back. He's, he's he's been having some technical difficulties. I think it also has to do with some deal he made with the fantasy gods, right? Yeah, I think he uh, he oh, probably yeah. offered to not speak anymore for a short while. If you don't talk, you can't fuck up. Yeah, but then he sends uh, those rando league-wide emails that I think are just mocking the fantasy baseball gods. I'm not that expensive a date. Definitely mocking the rest of the league. (laughs) We should should have a new policy that whenever Joe puts one of those league-wide messages on the message board that the following week's podcast, he has to read them aloud. I want to hear these in Joe's own voice. That actually might be kind of fun. Like mean, mean tweets. But oh, no, you, you got to get now. I'm going to come up with some really good shit. That's fine, but start with you know. I want the detail, the level of detail that Jack provided on this week's uh, negotiation with Chris. Uh, I want to hear how many drinks you were in. So when did it come to you? Were you like it was at ten o'clock, and you I was, just finished was talking at, your uh, banana plant, and then you were uh, pouring yourself a drink? I was like, you know, I'm going to stir some things up. I was looking at the scores. Realizing Tim had 60 before I was at 40 going, I've got to play Tim next week. His team is fucking doing great. And the injuries that uh, we all predicted would happen have happened over the last month. I haven't hit 50 in a month. So uh, there's there's nothing for me to brag about right now. So so read your quote, what you wrote. I don't have my phone on me. Tim. I plugged it in. Tim can read it. The post appeared on the CBS Fantasy website at 12.07 a.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, June 17th, 2018. Father's Day. Here's the quote. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. (laughs) Someone derail the Portland Paragon! Exclamation point. I'm frightened and I need a safe space. Dot, 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 dot. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's pretty fucking self-explanatory. You need a safe space? I'm no, it's not. well. That's it's really that's not. millennial talk. At least what we old people think of as millennial talk. Isn't that a millennial thing? The safe space. Did you chuckle after you hit send on that yourself? Like, oh, that's gonna get him. No, <laughs> I have never done that with anything I've ever written. I don't. I don't chuckle to myself like a. 
<laughs> like, yes, that one was that. That's that zinger is going to really mess with Tim's head. Mostly at this point, I do it for you, Greg. Okay, it, it seems to entertain you so much. It does. I woke up this morning. I was like, "Oh shit! What did Joe write now?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had mentioned my my horrible fucking team. Horrible is um yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm losing horrible. people. I'm losing and right over here. And um, so I, I'm, I'm literally finishing this week now. It looks like Jose Baez just went down. So I have like four players play today out of fucking my nine. Oh, so I'm looking through and, you know, again, I got to set a lineup, right? That's what we do. So I'm looking at you know, Jose Martinez still fucking waiting for his baby to be born. Would you fucking hurry up? So I'm trying to decide between him. And also, I look Baez is hurt. I'm like, God damn it. Now, I, you know, middle infield problems. And then I look up and fucking Posey is uh, is injured. And of course, for each situation, every player you have in a specific, Victor Robles even, not even in the majors, he has an elbow problem. Byron Buxton has a toe. Jose Martinez paternity list. Javier Baez is having an elbow problem. We scroll up to my boy Posey, and if you hover over the uh, the cross, it says undisclosed, <laughs> probable. Maybe he had to go to his so gynecologist. Then- so then if you click it, maybe, Joe, actually, by the uh, let me read the title to you. Giants Buster Posey sits Sunday with, quote, general soreness, unquote. Uh, he had a yeast infection. Well, I mean, why the hell? Why, why would they even report that as an injury? Why? I mean, it, it's it's like his manager right. hates his ass. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know, it's like his manager's like, oh, that fucking Literally punk in quotations, general soreness. You know, yeah. isn't that just like when a coach gives a guy a day off? For Christ's sake, do they have to put a list of the injury report? Right. There's nine other catchers that didn't play today because it's Sunday. It's a day game. It's, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, the pussy's sitting because... <laughs> He's sore. Never seen undisclosed. It's <laughs> this guy's such a pussy. We don't really want to tell you what's wrong with him. You know, Jack Lucroy's available from my squad, as is Jed Lowry. It sounds like you're gonna have a tough time fielding <laughs> a team next week. I'd offer you him up for uh, your first round draft pick next year, but I think I already have that. Yeah, looking at my squad, I'm like, God damn, if this guy goes down, I'm gonna I have backups for every position except catcher. Go. Yeah. So I have no backup catcher. And again, our rules are once the game starts, you cannot pick right. up and replace a guy. So if I go into this week with Posey as my starting catcher and his general soreness continues throughout <laughs> the week, you, you sound really I, affected by it, Jack. I'm not going to have a catcher. So, um, again, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, is that going to affect me personally? No, not necessarily. But, I, you know, I'm the guy up here, you know, I, I, I ask Greg. I'm one of the guys yeah, exactly. that still this yeah, fucking exactly. non-rule. Yeah, you, um, you fuck so, sticks. You better, right. you better have the backup catcher on your right. bench. Right, better so check it out. Meat, man. Yeah. Check it out, seriously. So this is where I, I wanted to bring this up as a, as a legitimate question. So I went and looked at the available catchers. Chirinos. <laughs> Dude, seriously, there is no, like, the best available catcher is projected to get 1.2 points. Do I really need to spend $10 to get an extra 1.2 points? (laughs) Uh, If you believe in the 
Well, that's just a projection, Jack. But that doesn't even, you, that listen, doesn't even, listen. It doesn't you even, believe it's it, not the competitive spirit. It's 1.2 points. It doesn't make a fucking a, difference. That's the projection. Doesn't mean he's not going to do better than that. Okay, so now, so I take it a step further, and this is, you know, this is how the competitive spirit clause came into play. Um, so I take it a step further, and I look and see that um, uh, that I'm playing Scotty. So Ooh. like that's a big game for him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a big game for me to continue to prove this curse. If I can pull it off, so I might <laughs> pick up a catcher. Pick that might Elias. be worth ten dollars. It's actually, actually cheaper for you to just make a trade, right? I think you yeah. should trade me. Uh, who's your top prospect? Tra- I've got Yadi Molina. I'll trade you Luke Croy cheap. It is, yeah, it, yeah. It cost me five bucks to make a trade. Actually. Right. I'll trade yeah. you Luke Croy. But uh, uh, five bucks and a player. Five bucks and a player, the, but you get if you got back a younger player who could potentially do well, then yeah, you're, yeah. you're and in either situation cost me a player, which by the way was part of my hesitation. I don't really want to fucking drop. You know, I'm getting to the point where right. you know I got a lot of young guys. I don't want. There's still a couple guys that could go, but yeah, trade. I don't get to pick the player. the The pickup it cost me five more, and and I get to pick the player at least. But yes, it's quite a pickle. But that's the price of having competitive spirit, if you ask me. Buster Posey, what a fuck that guy! You know the best <laughs> catcher is available right now, Greg. Elite, uh, the best catcher, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> He's the, good. The, the He's most, actually a good backup. Yeah, yeah. A guy playing He's fucking like three days runs. a week or two days a week. Well, he, he has like six home runs and like 120 at bats. He's good. You know the well, other don't issue. Don't you have somebody who's injured who you can put on the DL? Well, yeah, I guess at this point, yeah, I guess that is part of the problem is people are hurt. So yeah, I guess I could just move somebody over. So it'd just be the ten bucks, really. Yeah. Or who would you just drop? There's probably a guy you would drop. Yeah, I mean, right now I would probably drop uh, as good as he's been doing again the last couple of weeks. That fucking Jose Martinez, um, Mikel Franco. He seems to be having a tough oh. time since he's not even starting in Philly anymore. Yeah, but he's young. But like to drop like a Mikel Franco to pick up uh, Elias Diaz to be your backup. Right. That's what, no, no, no. That's what I'm saying. That's my I know. point. Now I know. I'm in this fucking tight situation where, right, what do I do? That's, that's the irony of the competitive spirit class. <laughs> you know I love Actually, it. I'll, I'll drop a starter. Fuck it. I'll drop CJ Cron or Justin Smoke. If I, what the fuck? I'm just going by age now. Who cares about talent? Yeah. So, so if what it was, so, so within this competitive spirit clause, in this situation, knowing why I'm going after a catcher, if I went after a catcher that has two at bats in the last week and a half, would that still be considered competitive? <laughs> well, I'm not the I'm not the masterminds behind the competitive spirit clause, so I, I don't think I'm qualified <laughs> to to uh, adjudicate what you know what counts as exhibiting proper competitive spirit. You are also one of the most vitriolic when it came last year to what Eldon and Dusty were doing. So you could talk all you want about the clause. You were spitting fire. And I know because I went back and listened to that episode, you were pretty pissed off. Well, right, because they were actually doing something that was pretty monumental. I mean, honestly, all kidding aside, if I was in Jackson, I, I, even when I had a decent team, there were lots of times when I didn't have a backup catcher for all the reasons Jack's saying which were that, you know what, I, I had Pussy Posey right. at the time, who was who was good, and he, he didn't miss a lot of games, and I said to myself, you know what, I just have other needs on my bench, and, and if I 
And there's no good backup catchers. And so I, I told myself, you know, I'd rather hope that Posey doesn't get injured and, and have a more impactful bench player than some, you know, Jason Castro or some fucking loser like that sitting on my bench who's not going to score me any points anyway. If I wasn't burdened by the competitive spirit clause, I would just roll with Posey and hope for the best. What it's always come down to for me when I've been able to get by is, is you know, I, I try to do the right thing. And the reality is if I was fighting for a playoff spot right now and in the same situation and had the same choices, I don't know that I would pick up a fucking catcher. I, I like there's no I mean, it's you would really literally have to just luck the fuck out to have any value in in your ten dollar fucking purchase so what, or five dollar I mean, trade even in this particular situation it, it'll be interesting to see how the game goes especially if like you know uh scotty who's actually competing for a playoff spot without if if you lose by like point two or, or if you uh you know you lose by some small margin that would have uh, impacted the playoff race Right, that right. That's what I do. Right, exactly. And and Chirinos gets a, a point. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that'll be interesting. Oh man. So what I should do is call Mike, who doesn't want Scotty to win, mm-hmm. and just picked up a third catcher. Yeah, and, there you go. And I Make should be able to get more value out of him than I would otherwise, uh, because I am playing Scotty. So mm. maybe that's what the, maybe that's the route I need to go. Very interesting. I can't wait yeah. to next Sunday's I, broadcast to see how it all plays out. And, and you know, you guys know me as the uh, angry brother. I'm gonna hope <laughs> like hell that that, oh, I don't, I that know. Jack doesn't do something in the spirit of the competitive spirit clause, <laughs> and that it that it has an impact on the playoff race. So I can have some fun with it next Sunday. Because <laughs> that's how I roll. That's the second thing I thought of when I was considering yeah. this entire situation. <laughs> love it love the irony of it alrighty boys well listen uh, great night tonight again happy Father's Day to incredible group incredible group of guys thanks for being a part of it same to you thank you we'll we'll talk we'll do it all again next week good night fellas good night Joe can you finally see now but I know Jesus on water, but only when it freezes. Why are expectations so high? Is it the bar I set, my arms I stretch, but I can't reach? A far cry from it, or it's in my grasp, but as soon as I grab squeeze. I lose my grip like the flying trapeze Into the dark I plummet Now the sky's blackening I know the mark's high butter Flies rip apart my stomach Knowing that no matter what bars I come with You're gonna hark griping That's a hard fight getting to swallow So I scrap these This pressure increases like khakis I feel the ice cracking because The curse of the standard that the first of the Mathers disc set Always in search of the verse that I haven't spit yet Will this step just be another misstep To tarnish whatever the legacy love or respect I've garnered 
the rhyme has to be perfect, the delivery flawless. And it always feels like I'm hitting the mark till I go sit in the car, listen and pick it apart. Like this shit is garbage. God's given me all this, still I feel no different regardless. Kids look to me as a god, this is retarded. If only they knew, it's a facade and it's exhaustive. And I try not to listen to nonsense, but if you bitches are trying to strip me of my confidence, mission accomplished. I'm not Godson, Nas, Rakim, Pac, Big, James, Todd, Smith, and I'm not Prince. So. A beautiful mess, at times juvenile, yes I goof and I jest A flawed human, I guess But I'm doing my best to not ruin your expectations and meet him But first, the speed him verse Now Big Sean, he's going too fast Is he gonna shout or curse out his mom? There was a time I had the world by the balls eating out my palm Every album song, I was spazzing the fuck out on And now I'm getting clowned and frowned on But the only one who's looking down on me that matters Now's Deshaun Am I lucky to be around this long? Begs the question though, especially after the methadone is yesterday fades and the Dresden home is burnt to the ground and all that's left of my house is lawn. The crowds are gone and it's time to wash out the blonde. Sales decline, the curtains drawn, they're closing the set. I'm still poking my head from out behind and everyone who has doubt remind. Now take your best rhyme, outdo it. Now do it a thousand times. Now let them tell you the world no longer cares or gives a fuck about your rhymes And as I grow out of sight, out of mind, I might go out of mind Cause how do I ever let this mic go without a fight When I made a fucking tightrope out of twine But when I do fall from these heights though I'll be fine I won't pout or cry or spiral down a whine But I'll decide if it's my final bow this time around Cause Just a man, but as long as I got a mic, I'm godlike. So me and you are not a like bitch. I wrote stand. Look at Joe's head. His head's like a fucking uh, LED billboard display. Right? What is that? It's the same. <laughs> it's like the Matrix. That might be. Yeah, I think it's starting. It's all starting to come out now. Those are the, <laughs> the feeds that he receives from, <laughs> from it. Joe's thinking. Joe's thinking. <laughs> <laughs>
Did you understand the angry angry brother comment? No, uh, not really. I was like, <laughs> what? I'm the angry brother. What? Yes, yes, very much so. The week that I'm sending gifts to my friends. <laughs> right. You make me get angry with you guys. Right. That's right. There you there go. You go. There it is. All you had to do was scratch at the surface, and it was right there. That's in the textbook, actually. Yeah. You just you guys, when, if you wouldn't say and do stupid things, I wouldn't. Have to <laughs> P- Peter Cetera is a hell's angel compared to Eric Carmen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll just take that out since that no one laughed on that one. That's good. Uh, <laughs> you can do the laugh track. Ah! <laughs> I know. That's right. It's a wedding. Have another That's fucking right. martini if you want another when, martini. When are you going to learn to get a good base, Greg? You seem to ru- keep running into these problems. Eat first, dude. Me? It wasn't me. It was my brother. Oh, sorry. Pay attention, Tim. Listen <laughs> to the story. <laughs> my brother. How can there be ghosts at Marlin Stadium already? I don't know. If the, I mean, I'm following their Instagram. I don't know if they were investigating the paranormal there. They're ghosts really, of good baseball of, past. Of, of Wade Boggs uh, chicken. 